What's going on guys, it's your boy DJ Scanless here, and we're back with some new Tupac news. For this one, I'm going to break down an article I found on Google News. It's from the O4L online network. The title reads, Dr. Oz on Tupac's autopsy. The whole thing is rather strange. Now, I believe this video came out around 2018, but this is just a recent article that was populated in Google News recently, two days ago. And I found some strange occurrences with it, so I want to talk about it. Alright, so further down the article says, Till this day, 20 plus years later, Tupac remains a topic for discussion. New up-and-coming artists find themselves in the news, good or bad, when mentioning Tupac. Some go as far as calling themselves the new Tupac, such as The Baby, most recently. And others continue to discuss Tupac's murder case along with Biggie, Notorious B.I.G.'s murder case. Many try to connect the dots, if any, while others still can't believe there has been no arrest made since their deaths in over 20 years. One thing is for sure, when it comes to Tupac, there was and still is a controversy. This is still true about his passing, while many believe that Tupac is still alive and he faked his death. On a special episode of the Dr. Oz Show, reporter Michael Yo and forensic criminologist Laura Patter discussed the unsolved murders of both Tupac and Biggie. During the episode, Dr. Oz looks into the fatal two nights on a special segment titled Anatomy of a Scandal. Most notably, there was a mystery behind Tupac's autopsy. When it came to Tupac's case, Dr. Oz couldn't look into things as far as he would have liked. Why? Well, because his team couldn't obtain an autopsy. When it comes to Tupac, no autopsy has been released. All right, so here's a brief clip here. I'm back with reporter Michael Yo and forensic criminologist Dr. Laura Petler unraveling the death of Tupac Shakur and Biggie Smalls. So when it comes to Tupac, no autopsy has been released. I'll say it again. There is no autopsy for us to look at. My team tried to obtain it. We couldn't. To me, I got to say, it's sort of strange that he died six days after gunshot wounds. Usually, if he's shot, you stop the bleeding, right? and then that's it. In his case, for what I'm being told, indirectly, is he bled, but later. And I know he was trying to leave the hospital, so the whole thing is a bit strange. He was sedated. He was in a sedated coma to yeah. keep him calm. So, that's Tupac. But Biggie's case is a little different. So for me, this is kind of strange because we have already seen Tupac's coroner report leaked online. We also seen this autopsy photo leaked online, which many believe is actually fake. And I'll go over some my opinions on that photo as well later on. But what I don't understand is how could it have been an autopsy picture taken, but there's no report on file of the actual autopsy actually occurring. You would think someone as notable as Dr. Oz and his team would be able to find that information and report. So the actual photo came from Kathy Scott, which was a reporter at the time of Tupac's death for the Las Vegas Sun. She covered the case from the start and turned it into a book. The book was number two in the Los Angeles Times bestseller list and paperback nonfiction for the week of June 11, 2000. Upon the book's release, the Internal Affairs Bureau of Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department launched an investigation into how the autopsy photo was released to the author. The investigation, which Scott has reported she did not participate in, ended 30 days later with no results. MTV News reported the week of the book's release that Tupac is dead and publicized his autopsy photo that should end all speculation as to whether the late rapper might still be alive, alluding to rumors that the star rapper and actor had faked his own death. Two years after the murder, Los Angeles Magazine featured a story by Heidi Kuda focusing on rumors about Tupac still living large and described the autopsy photo as a gruesome shot. As much as $100,000 was offered for the photo by tabloids, Scott has not revealed her source. In 2014, Wyclef Jean and his music video titled April Showers reunited the autopsy photo controversy. And this was after Kathy Scott lodged a copyright infringement complaint with YouTube because the image in the video was similar to the autopsy photo released in her book. 
YouTube later on banned the video. TMZ, which broke the story, reported that the video director and Scott had settled the matter and agreed that it would later have a screen credit to the book at the end of the video. And this is kind of crazy because for me, how can Kathy Scott, a author and a reporter, have a copyright over a legally taken picture of Tupac on an autopsy tape? Of course, she probably bought it from maybe one of the staff members at the facility. But even then, there should not be no legal copyright for her to remove videos and reenactment portions of a music video that was very similar to the actual photo. Because again, it was illegally taken. It was not supposed to be released to the public. It was not supposed to be sold. And you're still using the likeness and image of a person that even though they're deceased, the family of Tupac Shakur would own at that time of that release and that publication. So I'm actually kind of surprised the estate of Tupac Shakur, Interscope, or Universal did not sue Kathy Scott for this. Because just because you take a picture of somebody doesn't mean you're allowed to publicate that, even if they are dead. Also, further on with this topic about the overall autopsy, the coroner report was actually released to the public as well. And when you compare the actual information in that report to other information that we have, there's many discrepancies all over the place. And some of that is about Tupac's height. We have official documentation of a 1996 license of Tupac Shakur, which states that he was only 5'10 and he weighed around 168 pounds. You know, many songs throughout the years from 93 to 96, you hear Tupac rap where he says he's 165 and he's high till he dies. But then when you look on the corner report, it says he was six feet tall and 215 pounds. So right there, there's a discrepancy of how someone deceased could weigh 45 pounds more than what they did at the time of their death. And it's also kind of crazy because Tupac was in the hospital for six days after being shot. So you would think he would probably would have lost weight, not gained weight. And I'm not a firm believer that the autopsy picture is fake. You know, I do believe that Tupac is dead. I think it was probably most likely Orlando Anderson clapping back at Tupac for the beatdown at the MGM. And I'm totally against any speculation that Suge Knight was involved because Tupac was not leaving Death Row Records. He was actually going to make a sub-label under him called Machiavelli Records. And Suge Knight was in the vehicle with Tupac and could have died because you can't predict where bullets were going to go. Could have easily also hit him and he could have been dead too. And a lot of people will say, well, Tupac has all this music being leaked and released. You know, he still has 100, 200 unreleased songs. But you can actually compare the time periods of when the songs were recorded to other albums he did, and you'll see that his voice tone is very different all throughout, and we have the original versions of songs released after his passing over the original beats. So it's not like Tupac is in Cuba or in Europe or in South America recording new songs. And then people will say, oh, well, you know, he said that Rest in Peace, Biggie Smalls, and God Bless the Dead... But not a lot of people know that there was another Biggie Smalls that was a part of Live Squad that passed away around 92 to 93. It just so happened that the estate released that in 97, and it kind of fueled the whole theory that Tupac was still alive. And actually, that was a great release on their part for releasing that in 97, 98 on the Greatest Hits album, because it did just that. It had a lot of people thinking that Tupac was still alive. So they went out and they bought Greatest Hits, and now he's still down, and his other albums around that time period. Even though if I was doing that track, even though that was the original version released on there, I would have updated the song and made it sound like a Death Row song because that song was actually from 94. If you would have made it sound like a Death Row song, it would sound like he just recorded that in 97, 98. And that's the main reason why they released that track that fast because it generated more record sales. My thing with the autopsy picture is Tupac is very cut open. The back of his skull is cut open and that's not very reminiscent of a lot of other autopsy photos. And you have Tupac's face facing the other direction. Why would he not take multiple shots or a shot of his face or the side that Tupac's face was looking? 
you know, his email is rather deliberate that they took the shot from the other angle so you could not see or make out the majority of his face. And then the other thing I noticed with the autopsy picture is the Machiavelli tattoo that he had on his neck was missing. Now this could be just because the photo was pixelated, it's not HD, as well as the lighting was very bad. But from what I see, the Machiavelli tattoo is not there. But then when I compared the other tattoos on his right shoulder and his forearms, the placement of it is very accurate to other pictures, so it's kind of hard to say. The other thing I found really suspicious about the autopsy picture is Tupac was in the hospital in a coma for six days, right? But however, when you look at the autopsy picture that's leaked on Google Images, which I'm not going to show because this may be deemed as not ad-friendly, his head is shaven and his face is shaven. You know, he still has his goatee, but the side of his face was shaven. Why would they shave his face and his head if he's in a coma and in critical condition? Now, I can see it like if it wasn't really life-threatening and they were just placed in a coma, maybe that's why. But why would he go out of the way of shaving one's head as well? So I found that to be kind of strange. And also that Tupac was cremated a day after he passed was also strange as well. And the other incident with Jada Pinkett. Jada Pinkett is on record saying that Afeni Shakur said that Tupac was going to be okay. And that there was no need for her to rush to the hospital to see him. And then she ended up pulling the plug. The other thing I found really strange is that Tupac's social security number was leaked online years ago. And when you look it up, it was still active to the year 2009-2010. I'm not too sure if it's still active now, but that was the last report of it being active. Why would his social security number still be active 13 to 14 years after his passing if he's been deceased the whole time? I'm not saying he's alive, but that still fuels the speculation there with that. The other occurrence is that no one has been able to get in touch with the actual person that cremated Tupac since the year of 1996. So what happened to this guy? Where is he? So I can see like a lot of people have all these speculations about Elvis and then Bob Marley and John Lennon. And that's usually the case with a lot of deceased celebrities and musicians. However, with Tupac, there's way more instances that kind of prove or make claim to that he could still be alive or that he faked his death. I'm not saying that he is, but it's just a strange case that all these things come up. Even he has songs that he says where I've been shot and murdered or... You know, that was fiction. Some coward got the story twisted. I'm mysteriously missing. You know, that was on the All Eyes in Me album. And also, he had, he had another song where he's rapping from heaven. I ain't mad at you. It came out a couple days after he passed. He also has Thug Mansion where he raps. You know, he says he's heaven and a Phoenix Shakur's baby boy's doing good. But that could mainly be because Tupac, he had a fascination with death after the 94 shooting. Even before that, he was making songs about death, like Death Around the Corner, even before the 94 shooting happened. So he was just very prophetic in that way. But you don't really hear many of these occurrences with other artists. So I think there's a lot of merit there. A lot of people still think that Tupac is alive, especially since he changed his name to Machiavelli also. And that's because Machiavelli, which Tupac got his name derived from, was a German philosopher, which also eluded his enemies by faking his death as well. Alright guys, so what do you guys think about this matter? Do you think that, you know, it's very strange that the coroner report doesn't add up? to Tupac's license, gaining 45 pounds even though he was in a coma, is very strange to me. And what do you think about Dr. Oz not being able to obtain the information of the actual autopsy report after all these years? On this date in 1995, Death Row Records released one of the label's most successful singles, featuring Dr. Dre, Tupac Shakur, and Zap frontman, the late Roger Troutman. The song was titled California Love and is from Tupac's double disc 1996 album All Eyes On Me. 
As Tupac's first single as a death row artist and as a free man after his 1994 rape conviction, California Love dropped during the height of an East Coast-West Coast rivalry and helped propel death row records to the top of the hip-hop food chain. Now, I don't really like that line there because this author said rape conviction and Tupac was never really convicted of rape. He was convicted of sexual abuse, which was just him touching a woman's buttocks, even though he had consensual sex with, intercourse with, probably days or even weeks prior to this incident actually occurring. But that is a whole nother story. The B-side to the Jodeci powered How Do You Want It posted up in the Billboard pole position for a solid two weeks, and Tubac was posthumously nominated in the Grammys for Best Solo Performance and Best Rap Performance by a duo or group categories. This song actually has two versions, a remix by, I believe, Lay Law, which also produced many songs for Tupac, Jordan Strictly from a Niggas Era, and Tupacless Now. I think he did Wonder If Heaven Got a Ghetto original version. And he's credited for the remix that actually appeared on All Eyes of Me. It's kind of strange that the All Eyes of Me album didn't have the original version, actually had a remix. We didn't get the original version until The Greatest Hits came out two years later in 1998. For one video, they had the remix, and the other video, they had the original. The one with the whole Mad Max theme had the original version. And the remix was this party theme right here. Now, this was one of the first high-budget music videos released by any record label. I think it cost Death Row Records over a million dollars to do the Mad Max version. And then, as we've seen with Biggie and the Victory song, that was over $2 million. So more music videos started getting a higher budget for production. But now we see this all the time with music videos incorporating Mad Max type of photography and shots as well. Similar to Tupac's California Love video, we've seen this with the game's recent release called West Side. Also, Freddie Gibbs, as well as Joey Badass, all use similar type themes and features within their music videos. So a little backstory on this song. The original version was recorded by Dr. Dre, I believe in 1994 or 1995, before Tupac was even released from prison and signed to death row. And on this version, there's a two-verse version, and it just recently saw the light of day last year when I posted it on my YouTube channel as an exclusive. And this was never before heard by the public before. Now, the video since has got removed. I believe you can still find other versions on YouTube. And that version has the opening Dre verse, the same, the same production, the same ad-libs by Dr. Dre, but features a whole second verse by Dr. Dre and Tupac Spot. And I believe this verse was written by Jay Flex. I could be wrong. I'm not sure if it's RBX. But Jay Flex did a lot of ghostwriting for Dr. Dre during his death row period days. And this song was going to be meant for Dr. Dre's Chronic 2 album, which never came out, even though he had plenty of scraps from the Chronic 1 that we've seen in 1992 that he never even issued for that album that he could have easily made a new album out of. But as you guys know, we've been waiting on Detox album forever, and Dr. Dre's been getting ghostwriters to write up new verses for him for the last 15, 20 years. You can find reference tracks online on YouTube of various versions of From Ludacris to Crooked Eye to Hitman to everybody recording reference tracks for Dr. Dre. So it's not even set in stone that California Love would have even featured on Dr. Dre's second album on Death Row Records or Chronic 2 if Tupac would never signed or if Dr. Dre would have stayed with the label. So Tupac taking the track and inserting himself onto the track is probably the only way that that song would have ever seen the light of day. And if you refer to the YouTube version, the second verse that Dr. Dre raps out is very lackluster compared to the original first verse that was released. So I definitely see why they actually cut this verse out and did not use it as a third verse on California Love. Now there's a rumored three verse Dr. Dre version, but I haven't heard anything about that. I haven't seen any collectors selling it, so I'm not too sure if that version even exists. So when Tupac got released and started working on his album, a lot of tracks became his 
and he got the priority over other artists on Death Row, and this made a lot of Death Row artists very jealous of Tupac. In particular, Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg. And even though there was a lot of drama with Death Row Records, he elevated that brand way more than Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre ever could. But anyways, both versions, I love both versions. They're both one of my favorite songs. I prefer the remix that was actually on All Eyes of Me. The only thing I would change is I would love to see Ice Cube on this track as a third verse because it's only a two-verse song. Another cool fact is there's actually handwritten lyrics from Tupac of a unused and most likely unrecorded verse that he wrote for California Love. Let's check it out here. So on TupacLegacy.net, you can see the unused lyrics. Now, we aren't too sure if Tupac actually completed this verse. There's a possibility that he did indeed finish it and actually record it on a different take. But we aren't too positive about that. I think we would definitely heard about it if another verse existed. So the lyrics here, we got, Duck what you screaming, I'm California dreaming, land of angels and gangbangers, earthquakes and demons. Come take a ride to the west side. I love LA cause here we play and all the rest try. The best die peep out from the home of Scanless. So overall this verse seems like it would be pretty good. It definitely wouldn't hold up to Tupac's other verse that he wrote. So my thinking here, he probably scrapped this verse and started writing the other verse that actually appeared on the album. But who knows, this could be sitting in the vault somewhere because throughout the years we see new tracks getting leaked all the time, alternate recordings and re-recordings of tracks that we never thought would have existed and songs with the same titles but with different lyrics. So this verse may be lost and forgotten in the vault, who knows. Anyways guys, drop your comments below on how you feel about the track and which version you prefer. If you think another artist should have been added such as Ice Cube, or maybe Daz Dillinger or Snoop, I think another person that would have been great to hear on here would have been Easy e but he already passed away a year before. Anyways guys, this is DJ Scanlon signing out. Peace out.